0: Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So, it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Hilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Ilaria. And I'm Daphne.
0: And today's episode is actually all dedicated to you guys. We have been so grateful. Thank you for sending in all your comments and your questions and topic ideas um, on Instagram, of course, but also to our email, mombrainpod at gmail.com. And so today we thought we would read a bunch of our favorite questions and give you our answers. So... It's a and, rundown show,
1: yeah. And th- you know what? This is kind of the reason that we that we created this podcast. You know, we wanted to um, really develop a community here of of us moms, all of us moms, and you guys are you know the biggest part of that. Um, so we want to include you and have your voice here and um, and answer your questions and and hear your words of wisdom. Um, also, as we interview the. The wise, the wise talkers on our show too. Yes. Um, so, should we
0: begin? Yes, and just so you guys have a picture of what's happening here, Hilari and I are sitting cross-legged and barefoot in our chairs. We're getting cozy. cozy. Getting Very so cozy. cozy. So get cozy. Again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's our first question from Anne Marie. From Anne Marie. Hi, Daphne Alaria. I'd love to hear your perspectives on how long we can expect to have mom brain. I'd also like to hear, not the podcast, the symptom, the, the, the disease.
1: Hopefully, we'll I, be here for a long hopefully time. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll be here for a while. Is be here hopefully, a long we'll be here
0: longer time. than your mom brain is around. Um, <laughs> I'd also like to hear about any hacks you've come up with to deal with anything falling apart or through the cracks when in the middle of mom brain. Thank you, Anne Marie. She's the features editor at Motherly, one of our favorite sites. Hi, Anne Marie. Um, what happened? Oh oh ha! Yeah. giggles from Cal. G-
1: giggling, knowing that he can uh, say whatever he wants, us and we won't remember it two minutes later. It's so mom true. Mom brain is kind oh, of gosh. as long as you're happy, it's kind of amazing because you're just like okay with it. You're like, it's great, that's great. Sense. It's all great. I mean, I you know it would be interesting to to have like an expert come in and and talk about what happens to the brain.
0: So okay, so what I've always read and the the place that I think mom brain comes from is when you're growing an infant in your womb, they are taking a lot of your nutrition. They're taking a lot of your essential fatty acids, which is why, oh, by the way, a lot of moms, um, if you find that when you're pregnant and even when you're you know, nursing after, after the fact, if you have a lot of like little kind of scaly bumps, like white, they look like little white heads on the back of your arms, kind of where they're just nubby and bumpy feeling. A lot of the times, um, that is a symptom of uh, essential fatty acid deficiency. Mm. So you can supplement with like fish oils or um, if you're if you're vegan, there are lots of, you know, like uh, algae-based options and things like that. Um, and they, they clear up really fast once you – or I found them to clear up really fast once you start to get the right levels of essential fatty acids in your food. But because the baby is so greedy for them, because they're so important in, in developing the brain. But anyway, because baby is taking so much of your vital nutrition, it actually – does sort of deprive your brain in a way. And I also, I mean, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying this from medical expertise. I'm just saying what I've read and heard from people and also what I found to be true. I also think just when you are sleep deprived and extremely hormonal and you're juggling a lot and a lot of different sort of priorities and to-do lists, Of course, things are going to slip through the cracks. I mean, mom brain is it's it's sort of just a symptom of having, you know, two brains or three brains or four brains that you're trying to keep track of all at once. And to answer the question of how long it'll be around for, um, you know, I talk to grandmothers all the time who still feel like they have mom brain, who still feel like they are missing the the they used to be able to count on themselves and rely on themselves to like, oh, log it in my brain. I got to get my dry cleaning tonight. If I don't write it down, like write it down in multiple places, it's gone. Two
1: minutes later, for me, it's gone. And, you know, I've heard sort of six months after you have the baby, your body and your brain and your eyes, you know, your eyes get worse when you're pregnant. So eyes take about six months to get back. But then I've also heard of breastfeeding brain. So there's pregnancy brain and then there's that your brain is actually still not functioning as it used to while you are breastfeeding. So in my example, I have been pregnant and/or breastfeeding for almost six years. I got pregnant, breastfeeding each one, so I have like a super excuse to not like ever remember anything. So
0: I've only ever known you on like you, a half. Steam. Yeah, exactly.
1: Imagine how amazing I was before, Daphne. <laughs>
0: Because you're pretty great right now, but that's that's very impressive. You know,
1: some of the things that I do is I do have to write everything down. I will. I and it looks a little crazy, but I talk to myself a lot now. No, you say it out loud. I say
0: it out loud, and I repeat it.
1: Are um, you an audible
0: learner? Like in school, if you, if I read something, I will never remember it. Really, I either have to have it said to me, and then I kind of remember the audio cues of that. Or, but the best thing for me is to write it down.
1: You know, if I actually do the writing, if I see it. But that's the thing is that if you're actually doing it, if you hear it or if somebody says it, you can be multitasking and thinking about something Mm -hmm. else. And that's usually my problem. My problem is that I'm not – 100% Hundred percent paying attention, right? And so, if I'm writing it down, it, I actually have to pay attention to, you know, write words, spelling, <laughs> all those important things.
0: Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, you know what, though, I love about that too is there are, there are all those studies that they do about journaling and about the importance of self-actualization, when you're trying to create change in your life, when you're trying to give your life structure, if you're doing a mood board or you're doing, um, you know, you're doing your pages, a lot of creative processes will tell you to every single day make a habit of writing down your intentions for the day, something you really are looking forward to or something you wish you'd done differently yesterday or whatever. Like there's all different kind of methodologies for doing it. But all of them say it has to be handwritten from your hand. There's something physical. It's
1: different typing it or typing typing it into your phone. It's not the same. Mm -hmm.
0: There's something physical about writing, about the process of putting it into your hand and having to use a pen or pencil to write it down. And I think that's really interesting because obviously we're talking about to-do lists and just like keeping track of your life and how to not let things slip through the cracks. But I think what you're hitting on is Being able to actually have paid attention and being able, having had to make the priority of like actually physically writing it down, I think it forces you to see. I think a lot of us as moms take on too much and we overcommit to things and we say, yeah, 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 we'll get to all of those things because in a previous lifetime we might have been able to do all of that because we didn't have all the mom things to deal with. And I think maybe it's that act of writing and that act of actually having to physically prioritize writing this onto my to-do list so that I can then cross it off when I get it done that might help you be a better filter for yourself and give yourself a little slack.
1: Yeah, and as you talk about, you know, priorities, I mean, I often will say yes and I have the best of intentions. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day when it comes down to it, my children, my husband, my house, you know, things that need to get done in the house that has to be number one. Mm-hmm. Those things have to be number one, which means I might not be able to go to dinner with my friend or, you know, yeah. go for a cup of tea. How or,
0: understanding are your friends of that? Like if you canceled that day, if you say, look, I'm so sorry, I've got, you know, barring sick child, I've got, I've just got so much piling up. I'm so sorry. I can't make it. How do your friends respond to that?
1: I mean, my, my real friends completely understand. And yeah. I have a lot of friends who are not parents. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I think that that's why we go through such a tremendous shift Not just in our home life, but in our friend life when we become parents, because you need people around who just understand. And it's not personal. And you just have to, they have to know that it is chaos at home. And if they can't understand, you sort of see that that is, you know, kind of where you have come in your relationship. And hopefully you guys can find a new, like, new boundaries. Mm -hmm. And then if not, you know, people tend to grow apart.
0: Right. I do. I think that you end up, you have these circles of friends from every stage of your life and there are there are friends that were way more fun to go out late night with and then there are friends that are way more fun to be up at three in the morning talking about why your nipples are cracked with and then, you know, um, and I think I, I do think that's that's it's critical to allow those relationships to evolve. And and my thing is like with my really dear friends, I, I always say I'd I want you I want you to have the real answer. I don't want to have to lie to you. I don't want to make something up. Like I'm not, I'm not not wanting to hang out with you. I would love nothing more than to come hang out with you, but I just, I cannot make it work today. And the, the times in my life where I feel, I felt the most scattered and the least anchored were when I was making choices that didn't allow me to put my family my husband my home life like you said it's it is I, i'm as the mom i feel like i'm the anchor when i'm feeling disjointed and disoriented i feel like my whole house feels that mm-hmm. way and my energy feeds the energy of that of our home and i when I am not able to make that my priority, um, that's when I feel the most sort of just disoriented. So I think, and and I find I have the most mom brain moments in that time. So um, so yeah, I I think that's really important. And and, and then and then you start developing new relationships, as you talk about the sort of like three
1: a.m. nipple cracking yes, moment. Yes, but you know, it's it's all about what we're doing when our in our you know, for me in my twenties when I went out more and I was you know building a yoga studio and. Those were the people that I was connecting with. And then you move on to family life and then you connect with a whole new group of people. And that's what's really incredible about this podcast is we're being able to connect with all of you guys, all of you guys who are listening and all of you guys who are um, wanting to know about 3 a.m. nipple cracking, <laughs> you know. Important, it's a very important topic.
0: Very important topic. And no, finding those people, we could I could have funny conversations about all the crazy stuff that was happening to me, especially as a new mom was a lifesaver. I mean, it made me feel like I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only person who'd ever felt this. I wasn't the only person who'd ever, you know, had to go through it. It was really important to and find then, that then And crew. then the friends who are not,
1: parents like, but oh one, no what the ones who happening? are capable of talking about those things with you and really show up for that 3 a.m moment oh. those are true friends too
0: yeah but you guys know, are just like givers a friend. yeah they're givers I don't want to like turn them off of the whole all the great stuff this is the problem also you will never be able to explain or express to someone who hasn't experienced it themselves how wonderful being a parent is. Mm-hmm. Like they, they I, I get all like choked up and goosebumpsy about it. Goosebumpsy, new word. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> like, D- Daphne, Daphne's <laughs> new word of the day. I operate only in 24 <laughs> syllable words. Goosebumpsy. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, about it because it is the greatest joy you'll ever have and over over meaningless things. I mean, I say meaningless because they're so small and mundane and you kind of think they're every day and then all of a sudden you'll fall asleep one night thinking about the way your child smiled at you over something so, so, so little, but so huge for them and seeing them absorb the world. It's the biggest thing. And people will never be able to understand from you that joy on, on a very deep soul level. But it is really obvious and upfront all the bad parts. And so, and like the nipple and the, the stretch marks and the, Saggy boobs and the, all of that is very obvious to anyone, and I feel like I don't ever want to put people off of the joy part because the bad parts are easier to understand. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, some of my
1: some of my really close friends who probably will never have kids because they've sort of committed to that, um, they have become. Like the honorary... Aunts and uncles. Aunts and uncles. And they come over all the time and play with my kids and, you know, take them out and do different things with them. And they're, they are they want to know everything. They do. They're like, after the doctor's did it, call me, let me know how they deal with the shot. How they, It's really funny. Really? They have become their community, which I feel like is a kind of a New York thing, too. Interesting. You know, because we all come from so many different places. This is the melting pot. And then, you know, we come... And we need to find our families, you know. And so we create these families. I mean, my my kids are very, uh, are very loved well by loved. Well-loved. I know that. They are very that. well-loved. That's really nice. I love that. Thanks for the email, Anne-Marie. And um, I hope that helped. Let's go on to the next one. Hey, guys. My sister-in-law is Daphne's biggest fan. And I'm Ilaria's. We are so psyched that both of you guys are doing the podcast together. Yay. So are we. And I feel like we're each other's biggest fans. Likewise. So we have so much in common already. Um, I have a three-year-old and a six-week-old. Wow. That's yeah, That's a lot. Yeah. Um, We are traveling to Florida in a few weeks when she will be two months old. Please share your best tips for traveling with a toddler and a newborn. Thank you both. I have to say three years old is one of the most challenging ages, I think.
0: Because they're independent and mobile, but still babies and on a
1: plane, and, and they're not rational what What was her name? That was Sarah. um, so Sarah, um, I wish you lots of luck and strength and deep breathing on your trip. Um, I feel like the the newborn, you're gonna I, I feel like once you have a second child, the newborn ends up being the easier one um in terms of you know, you're it's not mobile. so, You know, no matter how much the newborn screams, it can't run away from you. Whereas your three-year-old can be running up and down the aisle, smashing everybody, tipping drinks over, getting out of its seatbelt on its own. Not understanding that it has to, that your toddler has to sit for takeoff and landing.
0: Oh, no. That, that whole rule That's makes no exactly, sense to them at all. Exactly. They're like, <laughs> but I want to see out They're the like, window. Really what you what would be about? the difference yeah. to me? <laughs> um, no. I, yeah, I think. Licking everything. Licking everything. Oh, no. Everything. My my
1: brain is really going, okay. what about so or, or <laughs> the, eating the, the leftover snacks in the um In, the crevice, in the crevice of the seat. Of the oh, yeah. Because
0: all of the cheddar bunnies that you brought are going to eventually fall in the seats. What about the, the cheddar seats?
1: bunnies from the previous passenger? Wait, where's that? You really can't tell where
0: they're coming from. It's true. It's true. You know, boosting their immunity is how I like to think about it. Although the prospect of eating food off of any part of that plane situation is terrifying. Um, Some good tips so we don't put you off of ever flying again because the reality is you can't get away from it flying is there there's is no luxury in it i i pray for you to have understanding co-passengers because the worst is when you have like nasty people who have no sympathy and the reality is you're doing your best and and sometimes you get sometimes your kids are angels like i i will never forget we were coming home on a flight from i think london like an, a long haul flight and I was so scared. I was so, so scared that my kids were going to have a meltdown. It had been a long day of traveling. Um, and they were angels. They were angel my children. kids
1: are actually pretty good travelers. Yeah.
0: Um, and then every once in a while, they'll decide to have a meltdown. And it's completely unpredictable. So I will say this. A couple of things that I've tried to do. Um, I like to fly... Uh, Early evening flights, if I can plan it, that seems to be too late into the evening and they're so fried and exhausted that, that you're just sort of getting them at their worst. Too early in the day and you're trying to coop them up for a day of pl- when they would normally be playing and they don't want to feel like sitting still. At that sort of 6 o'clock time, like when they would normally be going to sleep, you can kind of settle them into a it's soothing Kids go to routine. sleep at 6 o'clock? Uh, we put Nika at 6, wow. between 6 and 6.30. John at seven and Philo before eight. See
1: for us, that's the witching hour. That's when they're like the biggest. That's why, why we started doing
0: it because because they. Um because if I let John go till past seven, he gets crazy. Really? And Philo, if she, Philo, perfect in a perfect world, should go to sleep by seven, too. That's when she's at her best the next day. After eight, she, she's just a zombie the next day. She needs, all of my kids like their sleep a lot. And Philo especially needs like 12 hours. So I have to get her in bed before eight. But anyway, so six o'clock I feel like is my perfect hour um, to fly. I try to make sure that the kids haven't had a lot of crazy food during. It's really weird that actually the buildup of stuff over the day does matter. So I actually start in the morning. And I make sure they have their eggs or their whole grain pancakes or um, whole grain toast and peanut butter. I make sure that they've they've had something to eat before we get on the plane. And then I snack the hell yes, out of the, the plane. Snacks that's, yes. Literally, you can never bring enough snacks mm-hmm. on the plane. I, I have whole separate bags just full of like Rice ca- crackers and cheddar bunnies and raisins and lollipops. Lollipops go a long way if you need to, you know, a bribe every now and then. But in terms of games and fun things to play with your toddler, because I think your newborn, you have handled two months. Like the biggest thing is just to make them, keep them safe and don't let them touch anything because their immune systems are still so formative. Um, I am that weird mom that gets on the plane and tries to wipe everything I down. I do with too. A, with and you know wipe. what? There's
1: no shame in that. People will try to shame you for no, being please. like anti germ. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. No, I mean there's. There's stuff where you need to like not – over like hand sanitized and stuff like right. that. And then there's just like common sense. Right. Planes are so dirty. So they are seen by hundreds of people, thousands of people yeah. every day. And so like wiping it off whether that is for yourself yeah. or your children, I think is not a bad idea. And get the armrest get the tray yes. table because they're gonna pause yes. all of that. There's no and also, you know, when they're when they're younger, if you put a blanket underneath them, I mean any any barrier between the plane and and your baby, I think is not a bad thing. I actually will change their I, I have, like, a plane outfit for them. Yes. Pajamas. And then I change... Yes. And then I change their clothes once they get off the plane. And if it's appropriate, I actually give them a, a bath, which I will shower yeah. myself after oh, getting yeah. on the plane. I feel like it's just common sense. Um, and then... Um, and then the other thing I do is because takeoff and landing can be very difficult on their ears. Um, this is when the lollipops come out for the three-year-old if you're okay with that. If not, you know, a sippy cup or some something where they can they can suck on something, drink some water. Um, and for the baby, if you're nursing, nurse on the way up. Make sure your baby is hungry. Nurse on the way up and on the way down if you can. Um, and if you're not nursing, um, take bottle. that bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So just making sure that they're able to swallow Um, during that but I think as well like just finding a time like Daphne said when your kids are a little bit more drowsy Um, my husband before would love to fly at like 10 o'clock in the morning that's like his ideal thing you get to sleep then you you know get up and you have your breakfast and then you go to the airport and then you get on a plane and then for him he'd love to like watch movies the entire time that doesn't happen anymore actually he can watch the movies while I chase the kids up and down the aisle Um, but so I actually love nap time um, so like – a tw- and my kids – it depends on your kid's schedule. Like my kids, my boys um, will nap 12 to 2. Okay. And so like that's a really great time to fly. Or I would even prefer to mess up the night's sleep and take like a night flight – and I know, even if it's, you know, last time I went to L.A., I got them up at like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. We arrived. Oh I know. So if you guys could goodness. see Daphne's
0: face, she's like horror. <laughs> oh full heart. I just can't imagine but four the, sleep-deprived children just I know, traipsing but you know what? along. But
1: I, my <laughs> biggest thing is being stuck on a plane with crazy kids. And I have a lot of them so and as do you we have as many we have the same number of mobile children true true that story true. so I mean the Romeo doesn't even count at this point but like Aww. I mean just the the running and the non understanding and Carmen actually she under. She loves it she sits oh. down there she's got her like little like purple headphones yeah, a troll ears. headphones yes yeah, so <laughs> yes no I mean if she is ears. like she's she's all into it or like the tiara headphones that one's a good one too Um, but she'll just be like snacks and like ordering no, things I literally <laughs> then, get the hand
0: like more pretzels please you know hand up give me the pretzels <laughs> back to back to my what is she really into right now she she's recently discovered my mom actually turned her on to arthur on pbs kids oh, yeah, I love PBS. which i watched kids. arthur all the time yeah. as a kid and i loved it um after we got a tv when i was like seven um and it was i don't know and it's so cute she's so into him now and um and so she's feel oh, i could fly to china it'd be no problem mm-hmm. it's my other two um but i want to i want there are two other things that i think are really important Traveling. I think we should talk about games slash like distracting items that are really helpful, but also. I do in addition to the wiping down of the citrus which I think is really important um, I also boost their immunity with um, I put vitamin D I give them extra vitamin D that day when we travel um, and vitamin C Uh, my kids are actually good with vitamins because we play this game where we're like no this is the most disgusting one no this is the most disgusting (laughs) one so I give them like (laughs) sniffle support and all this stuff Um, and then games wise I have found that I mean Play-Doh is is amazing my kids will play with Play-Doh on a
1: plane Daphne that is a little dangerous and
0: then I don't you get know. up and walk and off you, and, you, <laughs> yeah, and you clean up session. as much as possible but you might just leave a little there no i i look i think the trade-off is screaming child or or a little bit of play-doh time and we keep it limited we bring the little tiny pots and like i give them each one you know to play that's with be, um like, smushed
1: into the, no into I'll, the this velourced. is the genius of play-doh no this
0: is the genius of play-doh i don't know what they're putting in there that does this because natural dough does not come off as easily but when play-doh dries it comes right off literally off of carpets off of wood off of leather it literally just comes right uh, away Definitely, I'm gonna come over to your you're
1: gonna have to come over to my house actually
0: <laughs> and come and
1: try to take oh, well, the play-doh oh, off gosh. of all the things that's been yeah, you probably too.
0: have the natural stuff that I got when I made the mistake of buying the beautiful no, like I all natural Play-Doh. stuff it's, mine's not I coming don't out okay well, well I'll show you my tricks okay. um pipe cleaners stickers of all kind coloring books um uh we have the, they have these like little magnet boards that the kids loved they it's almost like a the way that we used to play with paper dolls and you could dress them and everything now they yeah, have the magnet yeah, yeah. version which is super fun and melissa and doug i think has melissa this, and yeah. doug does a great one of them yeah um b- books we bring like four or five of their favorite books and what i'll oftentimes do is give the each of the kids their own backpack and i'll throw a couple new little small toys in there like a little new little new truck for john or something um but I will And I'll wrap those up But I'll also put old toys Because even just the idea That like They have a special bag Me just for them Is very Backpacks are really oh, powerful amazing And they feel so independent And then yeah I, I got the iPad On the Rafa plane just got You got his, his own little rolling bag That's a oh. dinosaur yes, yes You know we the it, you know it the, We have a yes, shimmer no, and shine We have a shimmer and shine Rolly so That's super um,
1: Alright Sarah I hope we You know what We wish you Bon voyage Bon, bon voyage. voyage Have a really great trip um, and, and once just you land, know you'll, be there. Be, okay. exactly. you'll be there. Exactly. You're going to be there, and it's going to be such a memorable experience. Take lots and lots of photos because that's what matters, and you will laugh and don't pay attention to any of the nasty looks. So many people come up to me after a plane ride, and they're like, we like really were dreading you as we saw you walk on with a <laughs> 1,000 children, but your kids were so well-behaved. And I think that like the takeaway is just, Keep it as clean as possible. Keep it as fun as possible. Keep it as sleep coordinated as possible. And it's going to be okay. And you guys are going to have a great trip. And it's totally going to be worth it. And
0: yes, I will say that I adore traveling with my kids. And I travel a lot. I absolutely hate the airplane part of it. But once you get there, it's always all worth it. Totally worth it. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. All right. So our next question is coming from Annabelle. She asks, toddler tantrums, anyone? Please help. <laughs> um, I have a lovely baby boy named William, and he is turning two in a few weeks. However, he's now acting like he's possessed sometimes with crying for no apparent reason and wanting things to be his way or no way. I don't know where is this new personality coming from. Maybe because he's just started daycare about a month ago. I don't know how to start disciplining or controlling and not losing my temper with him at times. It's so hard. Did I mention I'm also a first-time mom? Please help with any tips. Is this terrible twos? How long will it last? Help. <laughs> <laughs> ah, um, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Like this is such a common experience where your angel baby goes from being like,
1: oh, I remember he's a dream. And I then, could have a hundred of them. It's perfect. To and just then like they, it's Satan a, living in your and house. It's, it's like it's like the clock. It's, it's, a it's, day. it's right. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's two. Yes. I remember with Carmen. Carmen was like the sweetest, most magical little munchkin, and I would see other kids, and I would you look feel at bad them. For those parents, no, You'd and, be and like, I'd Aw. be like, ah. Oh, my parenting (laughs) it's my parenting I just have all the answers I mean I literally like I was I was like between Carmen just being the most amazing child that ever was yes um and my genius parenting yes I have it all figured out all you have to do is just explain it to the kid I must be something that you're doing and then Carmen turned two yeah and Carmen turned two uh, right after I had Rafa because they're about 21 months apart and then she turned into a monster like we really had major monster moments and then they're adorable and sweet and then they're a monster again and I think like the most important thing to realize is part of being parents is helping them find their voice and this is the time when that really 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 starts. Yeah. Um. So I tried everything you know I tried pleading. I tried ignoring some of it. I tried um, sitting down and having very complicated conversations <laughs> with her that she was not capable of understanding. Mm-hmm. I tried shouting. I tried timeouts. I know that's like the 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 big no no, but I did try timeouts. I know a lot of people are not into timeouts. Why? Um, well, I didn't find that worked very well for me.
0: Really, I think as an adult, if you get a chance to have a mental break from something, no, I think
1: that it depends do. on how you do it. Like I did, I did timeouts, like not. Not, like, nice timeouts. Not, I mean, not that there's a nice timeout. No. But not, like, we're going to sit down and take a deep breath. It was, you need to, like, I yeah. knew she would do things. Like, hit poor baby Rafa, like, with a toy on the head. And he was, like, months old. Yeah. I mean, stuff that you, you No, no, you horrified. have to discipline
0: yeah. because you can't, they have to know. You said something to me, actually, that I thought was so powerful. And I can't remember where we were. I feel like it was last summer or something. And you said that, um... I think you and Carmen were arguing about something and you were like, I, I'm i your mother. Have I ever done anything? I, I, everything that I do is to make you safe. It's to make you happy. It's to make you uh, comfortable and healthy. Have I ever hurt you? Have I ever, you know, does mommy, does mommy do things to make you mad? Does mommy do things to make you sad? And it was forcing her to recognize that the choices you were making, even if she didn't agree with them or like them and her grand wisdom of being four, <laughs> you know, that, that they that she started to understand your motivation. And I thought that was a really powerful change for a child to start to absorb.
1: Right. And that's her at four. So uh, yeah, her very different at than two, her at two, but her at two, who is completely irrational and not, in, and quite honestly, not capable both. And we have to remember that when dealing with a two-year-old, we have to realize that their brain is not capable of understanding reason. Absolutely. They want to do it. They want to do it now. They don't understand why. And they're realizing that the louder they are, they feel
0: powerful. And the more quickly you respond. Exactly. Like my son learned to ramp from zero to 60 so fast because then he would get immediate Mm -hmm. responsiveness. And you're right. They're not rational and they don't understand delayed gratification. And a a lot of tantrums are because they also don't understand how to put words to their emotions. And they're frazzled by something, they're frustrated, they're tired, they're hungry, they have a million different things that are implicated in how they're feeling And they don't know why, right? Um, And it's unfortunately, it's a little bit like my pediatrician oftentimes talks about how her job, especially at an early age for kids, is veterinarian medicine. I mean, it's literally taking care of like an animal. You can't, you don't know how they don't know how they're feeling. They don't, they can't explain to you what's hurting or what's wrong. And I think as parents, a lot of our jobs are to be detectives in that and to like be patient enough to to get to the bottom of it with them. But I also believe that. Kids need to know that they're not in charge. And, and I think that's because kids know that they don't have all the information. They know that they are learning as they go and that they're kind of like horses, kind of just like testing you and testing you and seeing what they can get away with. Um, and if you as a parent don't seem to have the authority or don't seem to have the answers, that I think is actually way more destabilizing for kids.
1: Yeah, and but I mean I also find that as being a new parent, you don't have – the answers at the beginning and I definitely had to search and I feel like there were those times that you're exactly what you're saying where my kids my daughter mostly because she's you know my guinea pig as my first one didn't feel like mommy kind of quite new. I mean, I put her in a timeout, but like, I didn't know if that was the right thing. So I wasn't doing it feeling very confident. So it goes, it goes back to, I believe, number one, you must understand what the child is capable of and not capable of. That's number one. Number two, you need to make sure that you're coming from a place of wanting to make the situation better. If you let your emotions get the better of you, then you are not going to make the situation better. You are not going to do right by your child. You're not going to do right by yourself and you're going to feel guilty afterwards. Um, So you need to take a deep breath and do whatever kind of namaste-ness that you need to do, Mm -hmm. mamaste-ness, to be able to get yourself into a really strong parenting role. Number three, understand that it isn't, what do they say? It isn't the bottle, it's the war. So what I found was that when I would say something to Carmen, it would be, you know, I would say, you can't hit. You know, we, we don't do that. Do not do that. And then I'd be like, okay, she's never going to do that ever again until it happened again. Sometimes in the same, you know, little episode. And I would get so frustrated. I'm like, this isn't working. I'm saying it again and again and again, and it's not working. So what then I realized is it might not happen in that day or that moment. It might not happen that week. It might not happen that month. It may not happen in that year. Really prepare yourselves for the twos. It might not happen in that year. But eventually they understand. And being a parent is being consistent, being kind – being firm and having a messaging a messaging where you really are trying to teach your kid how to be a better person and you must be patient.
0: I think that's a really critical combo though of kind and firm. And that's what I mean when when the you, you as a parent, you have you may not feel confident that you know the best or that you know the right answer or that you're making choices with totally informed reasons like when you started the timeout not really maybe because you had timeouts when you were a kid maybe because you thought that was the right thing but not necessarily because you desperate I didn't know what to do I was like like, I'll try this This Um, but I think I do think the consistency is a huge part too because they need to know that you're not you're not just responding off the cuff and just like sort of willy-nilly making making arbitrary choices this is a this is a method you know this is this is The Hilary Baldwin Parenting Method, this is the Daphne Oz Parenting Method, this is the Annabelle Method, it's your method. And I think, look, your kids don't come to you by accident, right? They got you as a parent because they needed you as their parent and you needed these kids. I also believe that. I feel like your kids come to you with their specific little personalities and quirks and things to teach you and to let you grow as a person, as their parent. And likewise, you are here to shepherd them. So um, have a little trust and faith in, in what feels right to you too. And I had something I wanted to say about. Oh my gosh, that you hit on um, terrible twos that turn they grow the out of it, threes. that they turn into the horrible threes. I'm having such a <laughs> so mom when somebody brain told spaz me that.
1: Here. When somebody told me that, I was literally strolling Carmen in. Um, you know, around Union Square and she was having a two-year-old meltdown and this father almost like zoomed in and pulled up in his old stroller with his child that was sleeping. He's like, it was a little older than Carmen and he said, terrible twos, huh? And I said, Yes. And he says, well, you know what they say. The terrible twos turn into, and I think he's going to say, like, the most kind, yep. really, like, supportive. It's going to be okay. It's going to go away. He says, the horrible threes. And he Peels literally, off. like, sped off with a stroller. <laughs> and I'm there. I start crying. I'm like, oh, my God. This is, like, when is this going to be See, I'm over? waiting for you to,
0: like, take your heels off, chase this man down. You've never seen anyone as fast as this woman Very runs. Fast. She I'm runs small, a seven-minute mile. It is out of <laughs> control. I'm waiting for you just to, like, run after him and like, dropped
1: <laughs> it. No, but like, you know what? I will never forget him because he prepared me. Exactly. I was like, he's wrong. But you know what? He's right. Three is uh, a very difficult age. Pretty I rough. mean, I think, the, so, like, Leo right now is in his twos. Mm-hmm. And it's been interesting watching kids go through essentially the same, like, we all go through these uh, phases. And I saw Carmen do it. I saw Rafa do it. and Now I'm seeing Leo do it. Like, say he comes up and he'll, like, hit me. And he doesn't hit very hard, but he'll, like, he'll hit me. And I say, no, we do Don't do that. And then he'll look at me and with eyes wide open, he'll hit me again, kind of like trying to understand what exchange just happened. And I say, no, no, no. And maybe I'll take his hand and I'll put it down. We sit down and I'm like, we don't hit – Okay, mommy, okay, okay, he says. Um, then uh, then I'll ask him the question because I want him to repeat what I said. I said, do we hit or do we not hit? No, mommy, we don't hit. We don't hit, mommy. Can you say that you're sorry? And he gives his, he's sorry, and he gives me a kiss. And so I'll, I'll make it a moment. I don't shame him. I don't tell him he's bad. I don't scare him. Um, I, I simply bring it down to this is something that is not done. And I know I'm going to have to say it again and again and again and again and again. And eventually he'll stop doing it.
0: That that wording is super important, too, of we don't do this. And that is interesting because it builds into your child an understanding that he or she is part of a community. Like your family has the ways that we do things and ways we don't do things. And to belong to this group, you know, we don't hit. We don't. Whatever. Kids like rules, they actually feel. Safe so that's what with I mean. Rules. Kids, they do. They like, <laughs> they like rules. Um, you know, to to a degree. Okay, I think
1: that. So, well, they like to also test the rules. That's why they'll do it again. You know, and that's really what they're trying to do. Their brain is trying to understand. Well, if I hit you, is it okay? Is that okay? So that's not okay to hit you. If I hit Rafa, is that okay? If I hit the dog, is that okay? Right. If I hit the kid in the playground, is that okay? You know, I hit my stuffed animal. That's okay. Okay, so hitting a toy is okay. But it's like they're they're like little scientists, yeah. and they're trying to figure it out, and they don't they don't know everything. And we, I think, too often expect them to know already. So good luck with the twos. I think it gets better about three and a half. I feel like they start to by turn. four. they They're By four, so is, you got a nice yeah. two years. But you know what? Just look at them a lot when they're sleeping because they're very cute.
0: Ah. And they do. They smell good and they good. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. That's
1: why you can be so angry at them. And then you, like, see them when they're sleeping. And uh, I know. Them. But you're such an angel when you sleep. Thanks, Annabelle, for the email. We love that you reached out. And best of luck.
0: So that was fun. We it should answer so some more fun. questions soon. It was
1: so fun. We love your emails. Please, please, please keep sending them. This is what this podcast is all about. All about our community and connecting with you. Um, so, so take out your computer or your phone and go to hit,
0: hit us up mombrainpod at gmail.com and while you're at it tell your friends tell your friends how much you're enjoying we love to hear from you guys and we love that you listen as, a, as real friend groups um, because we feel like we're building this wonderful little community here on the podcast and
1: now it's time for our favorite thing. So uh, one thing that I love doing with my kids mostly with Carmen but Rafa's starting to get into it and then Leo because he sees the other ones are is starting to get into it as well and Romeo' is totally not into it because he's five months old is uh, is working on phonics books as a fun activity and they're like you know, between four and five dollars on Amazon and there's so many different great activities that I see are helping my kids to learn to write their letters and slowly learn to read and to write and they it comes with these gold stars. Um, which uh, they get really, really, really excited about. Um, and it's just fun. And it's another activity to go and sit down. And we have them right by our kitchen table so that, you know, right after we're eating, we can sit around. And instead of, you know, bringing the iPad out, you know, they can sit and, and do an activity that is very educational. I love that they are affordable. Um, and I love that they're just like, they're fun and they're, and they're
0: sweet. You know what's so funny? I actually went on an Amazon spree and bought a bunch of different, yeah, the Kumon books, um, letter tracing books, all the all the different kind of like fun workbooks. Hey, do you have the cutting ones? No. Oh, cutting is very oh, important. They talk
1: about it in terms of fine motor yes. skill. Yes, hugely important. Yes, very important. So they have cutting books.
0: Um, And and Philo, we we try to do like four pages a day. And what I what I was reading in one of the books, which I thought was really interesting, was you want to do enough that they're really reaping benefits from it and getting enough practice, but not so much. You want them to stop when they still want to do yes. more, which yes. I thought was a really important sort of cutoff point. And I did have this incredibly nostalgic experience of going to the um, Staples uh, or Office Max near my house. And buying all these sheets of stickers, gold stars and smiley faces and stuff. And stickers are so motivational. Like I don't know at what point (laughs) in childhood they stop being this motivating. But kids will do anything for a sticker. So we we get a gold star on every page we complete and a a happy face for every perfect page. And it's very exciting. Um, So I totally love that. This week I'm going to give a shout out to a major splurge item that I'm just obsessed with and I feel like you guys are always asking me about so I'm going to tell you about it. Um, It's my under eye concealer. It's from a brand called Sisley um, and it is their, I think it's called something in French that I'm not going to even try to botch and pronounce right now but it's their under eye concealer and it's also a treatment and it's a long skinny tube um, that will last you, I'm not even kidding, a full year but I think it is like 60 or 70 bucks because it really works, you guys. It has this really warm, creamy yellow um, tint to it so it blocks out any kind of under eye, dark under eye circles and bags. Um, and it's treatment as well. It's creamy, it stays on all day, and it is expensive, but it really works. So I know a lot of you out there who ask about looking like a tired mom and how do you get away from that. Um, if you don't want to wear your bag your bags as a badge of honor, I highly recommend this under eye concealer.
1: After this, can we go on my Sephora app and order it for me? Yes. Okay, that's what we're <laughs> gonna be doing. That's all for us. <laughs> wait are you doing the rating and reviewing oh oh, sure yeah. did, you, did you want me to say it again yes I want you to say do it well. again
0: okay you do it in Spanish I'll do it in um, Russian go ahead <laughs> are
1: okay. you gonna do it in da. Russian
0: no. please rate
1: review pre- pre- please pre- I'm Dracula I'm not
0: Russian I'm Transylvanian. welcome to Mambre
1: don't forget to rate review do rate,
0: rate review, <laughs> review and
1: write to us <laughs> <laughs> That's it for us at MomBrain. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review us, please, 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 and write to us. We want to hear from you. MomBrainPod at gmail.com. XOXO, it's us. <laughs> gossip girl. Gossip, gossip moms.
0: <laughs> this is MomBrain with Alaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. MomBrain is a Gallery Media Group production.